0: That song focuses our attention on the world around us, those that are without, outside of the church. Lay some soul upon my heart. Uh, that means, folks, that we have to be aware that there are souls out there <laughs> that need Christ. And so Paul's going to remind us of that today. He's actually in just a few brief verses. This may not take long. I shouldn't promise that Colossians 4, 2-6 It's going to remind us that And he's going to cover some basic things At the end of this letter Now this isn't the end of the letter we'll, Lord, By the Lord's will will cover that next week Of Colossians But some things that We all know we need to do But honestly and I'm, With me And I have a feeling with you These are some of the things we struggle with I struggle with the most Do we ever feel like we pray enough? Uh, When we pray, we get our focus off kilter many times. And then, do we feel that when we communicate with people, talking, you know, or electronic communication or whatever, that it's at all times controlled by the Spirit? I think we still leave conversations And whatever, interactions with people and say, why did I say that? (laughs) Maybe I wasn't quite as, I didn't have my spirit filter on, on that conversation. I wasn't prayed up enough. Those are the types of things that Paul's going to remind us at any church, hey, don't forget these things. We need them. And he's going to use the phrase, making the best use of the time. And folks, we are such a a distracted society today. I feel it every day. Distracted by so many things. And sometimes that can get in the way of what God's trying to tell me, and it can get in the way of what God's trying to tell you. And we need to be reminded of the things that must be a part of our time so that we're making the best use of our time that we're using our time in a most productive way spiritually. And these are very practical ways that Paul says, make sure you're doing this. And he's finishing up with admonitions that he's given to us. Remember, those are the clothing of God's chosen ones. And I think this could be put into that category as well. Things that should be a part of every believer's life. And if we are weak in these areas, uh, we are not being a proper testimony, plain and simple. And he'll make that clear. And he's going to call us to remember to pray again, but also to walk in wisdom. But this time with a different aspect toward the unbelieving community. And basic instructions here that are still, you'll agree with me, I think, the vital basics of the Christian life that must be a testimony, must be a part, excuse me, of every testimony of every believer. And again, we have so many things vying for our time that many times prayer and being submitted to the Spirit using God's wisdom sometimes fall by the wayside. And folks, those are things that we have to have more of in our lives. What is our basic problem as we look at this passage? Each of us, the basics of regular prayer and careful speech, let's be honest, can be some of our biggest struggles. And Paul's going to address that today and how to use the best use of our time. Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer literally each person. Father, thank you for the opportunity to cover these basic truths. Uh, These are no surprise to any of us, but they are convicting. Convicting to me, and a reminder to me, to keep from the distractions and, and candidly lord we need your help because the distractions are everywhere we need your help to have this focus on prayer and to be careful with our with our mouths so help us to do that help us to walk in wisdom and be reminded as we look through this short passage together for it's in jesus name we pray amen making the best use of our time, filling it with the essentials of the Spirit-filled life, the walk with God. And Paul reminds us, first of all, that we need to continue praying for gospel witness and pray devotedly, steadfastly with thanksgiving. Now, Paul is repeating in this call for prayer one of the major themes of his ministry, but with a different emphasis. And prayer has been a great theme in this book. In fact, let's look at that just real quick. Colossians 1. Turn back to Colossians 1. Let's look at verses 3 through 6. Just as a reminder here. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Paul, again, a convicting reminder to us of what his prayer life is filled with. His concern for the churches, his concern that they continue to grow, his joy in hearing that they're growing. How often do we pray with joy saying, Lord, praise the Lord for what you're doing um, in this person's life in our church and this missionary and and this church around the corner for uh, from us that I know you're doing some great things and just praising him for that and praying that our our spiritual fruit will continue to increase. uh, Paul reminds us and as well in Colossians 3, 16 through 17, that general um, call to thanksgiving. We'll just read. I'll just read 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. In all things, doing it submitted to the Lord Jesus, and prayerfully thanking God for what He's doing, even when we don't understand what He's doing. Um, always, always making sure that we are submitted to Christ. And if we are doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, then what he's asking next will come easier. Well, it'll it'll come more practiced for us and be a more natural, a normal part of our lives. So this, back to Colossians 4, verse 2. We have a call for continued and devoted prayer. And again, we just saw Paul is a marvelous example, is he not? of one that constantly prays devotedly as he's calling for us to do here for God, for ministry, direction, and success. Folks, you want leaders that are praying for God's will in their lives and their direction and for call for gospel ministry and to uh, be aware of those things around them. And that's why he's going to ask for prayer for that in just a minute. Um, But he says being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now it's an interesting word. We understand steadfastly we need to be devoted in prayer, and we're all convicted. I don't think any of us um, feels like I'm the arrived prayer warrior that's got this thing down. We all need to be more devoted, devoted in prayer. I was reminded of that myself, even this week. There just comes times where you're like, Lord, I just need to seek you, and that's, that's good for all of us to do so devotedly we understand but what does it mean to be watchful in it because when we're praying we're not normally with our eyes open of course that's a little different when we we when we come to church every sunday morning a little insight into our preparation we have one of our boys pray for the services and then leslie will pray and there was one time i said because my mom was in the car that's right and i said after the prayers were over i said mom i said it's a good thing um that Arden prayed quickly because um, I couldn't keep my eyes closed closed much longer and drive this road (laughs) she didn't find that very funny (laughs) (laughs) but the point is is that we normally when we're praying we're not looking around being watchful unless you're driving while your family's praying you expect that well what does this mean well really it has the idea of being vigilant watchful that's true But honestly, in the context here, this this really fits well with our our, um, emphasis in Revelation. Because the word here, watchful, is many times used, and I think it's the case here, with looking expectantly for the return of Christ. And Paul is saying here, pray devotedly, pray with the realization that Jesus could return at any time pray for Jesus to return. Isn't that what we see in the book of Revelation? The wonderful um, um, incense aroma that ascends to God are the prayers of the saints. And so praying and being watchful for Christ to return and praying that he will is a wonderful prayer and should be a part of our prayer life. But at the same time, Lord Jesus, keep me steadfast, devoted, and serving you faithfully until you return. That's what our prayer should be like. That should be some of what it should look like, what guides our prayers. And then uh, I believe, as I counted through in this book, this is the final time, but this is the sixth time in this small book that um, Paul has encouraged us to be thankful He says, we need to be praying always with a spirit of thanksgiving. The sixth and final time, we need to have a heart of thankfulness in the midst of whatever ministry situations we face or find ourselves in. And whatever God wants us to do, and even personally, if you're struggling with some difficult things, and you're having some difficult times, the fact that you are a child of God and that Jesus Christ is returning and you expect that, folks, whatever you're going through, shouldn't that cause us to be thankful? (laughs) Sometimes the burdens get so heavy that we we just forget to think, I'm not going to be under these burdens forever. Jesus is coming back. And that may cause us to say, praise the Lord. (laughs) Let's... Lord Jesus, come soon. And so we can have hearts of thanksgiving in that. And I think the reason why Paul brings us up so much is we struggle with that. It must be, right? Be thankful in all things. Well, that's easy to say. Um, We struggle with being thankful. And so Paul reminds us for the last time here, six times that we need to do exactly that. It may not be a joyous, let's have a party thankfulness, whatever that is. But it may be a deep-seated, I'm thankful for whatever we're going through. Because I know God's in control. And then he gets a little further in this. And he gives us more specifics about a way to pray. Uh, and that's verse 3. At the same time, pray for also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. This reminds me of um, a mentor of mine. I I think some of you have actually met him. That's right. Pastor Ronald Lemp, pastor for over 40 years um, at uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Winter Garden, Florida, and it's the church uh, that the Lord called me clearly into full-time vocational ministry and under his uh, ministry and the ministry of others. Um, he was a, a good example in many ways. He loved his people. He was very loving in that way. And, yeah, I remember uh, one of the things that I always admired and, and thought I wish that I could do that like he does is, was his prayer life. And he's still he's still living, by the way, I should add. Still talk to him every once in a while. He'll, he just turned 95. And he still says that he prays for us. And let me tell you, that is such an encouragement. Wonderful, faithful man at this time in his life. But he, Reynolds Limp, was a wonderful reminder to me of how to pray effectively. Because when we would be in times of prayer together, it was just like, He was talking to an acquaintance that he knew well. And when he talked to God, it was like this is a man who has been on on his knees and has prayed much and, like Moses, um, talks to God as a friend. It was convicting and it was moving. I thought, you know, it also moved me to think I need to pray for this man more too. And Paul points this out for us as well. Yes, we need to pray devotedly for, with thanksgiving. But even more specifically, we need to pray for clear gospel witness. And Paul asks that they pray specifically for him and his, and his companions as well. Even though he's imprisoned in Rome. He'll mention that in a minute. He has people there with him. That are helping him, and he'll give reference to those next week. And quite a long list, actually. One of the longest lists of um, greetings from uh, companions that are with him in all of Paul's letters is in Colossians. And uh, so we'll go through that. But he has many companions with him, and they are seeking to witness for Christ even under very difficult circumstances. Um, I saw a video one time where a man was um, giving a devotional and he was visiting. Believe, yeah, it was. It had to have been in Rome, and they believe they'd found a prison like the one that Paul was being kept in. Possibly, they they don't know if it the same one. It didn't have Paul was here inscribed on the stone walls or anything. But it was one like what he would have been in, and it was very. Um, it wasn't anything pretty, folks. It wasn't an Airbnb apartment or anything like that. Yes, uh, there were some times where he was shackled to a Roman guard and he was allowed to do things. But Paul um, was going through some very difficult circumstances. It wasn't an enjoyable time to be imprisoned there in Rome, shackled to a Roman soldier. Um, that wasn't the nicest of conditions. And yet in this, he doesn't complain. But he says, you pray for us that in the midst of these difficult things that God will continue to make it clear the next person that I should witness to. That's amazing. That ought to convict us all. He says, pray not just for me, but for us, that God may open to us a door for the word. And Paul here has a correct understanding, folks, that it is God that provides the open door opportunities for witness, for gospel witness. And I think sometimes that we get fearful and frustrated, and prob- and I think I do as well, because we may recognize there's an opportunity to share the gospel, and yet we don't pray about it. And we don't ask God for help. Lord, I'm really intimidated to do that. I, I think you're prodding me to consider doing that, but I really don't want to, and I'm intimidated. And the one thing we don't do is pray. And if we prayed more, even... Just on a regular basis, Lord, um, provide an open door. I think even more accurately, Lord, make me aware of the open doors that are around me that I'm dull to. More often, we just tend to be dull to the very opportunities staring us in the face. I'm not trying to um, exalt Rick in any way here because I don't want to embarrass him, but I do appreciate his testimony and how it seems that while he's at work, he's always on the lookout for someone who he can share the gospel with next and we need to pray for him that's why we do but that's what we all need to be doing and Paul says pray for us that we God God does this work he opens the door and we just tell people we declare the mystery of Christ and he says real quick back up God may open to us a door for the word i think ultimately That that can apply to... He's talking about the Word of God, but isn't Jesus the Word? The Word, as John described him. That must be proclaimed. And then he describes further what that Word is, the mystery of Christ. And that is something that wasn't always... that, that, um, that God's people weren't always able to do, especially in the Old Testament, as it was a mystery that Paul is saying we're now able to do more fully and maybe we're a little reluctant sometimes to share Christ because it does it seems maybe still a little mysterious to us we know that to other people it sounds strange and it's a mystery to them but folks we have everything we need in God's word to help us to do it effectively the mystery has been revealed of Christ in his atoning work and his resurrection and so it was a mystery But it's a mystery no longer, and it's something that we should, we can, through the power of God, as we're praying for others, we can share with others, because in God's Word, we have all we need. We have the full gospel to be able to do that. Let's pray for each other that we're able to. And at the same time, I think another reason why... We shirk from this sometimes is we know that it may be not it may not be accepted or received in a good way. Certainly not with Paul. Paul was faithful, right? He had done faithfully. Nobody can accuse Paul of not faithfully being a witness of the gospel. And now he was experiencing the retaliation that a rebel world shares toward the gospel. Persecution. In this case, he's imprisoned. He's in captivity. And he can't go where he wants to go. But Paul just says, matter of fact, no surprise, folks. People don't like to hear. There are people that don't like to hear about Jesus. And aren't we feeling that today? More and more of a sense of, of, of people um, wanting to get rid of the message of, of Christianity and try to shut it down. And they have no time for this in our media and with our political leaders uh, many times. They want to shut the message of Christianity, of the gospel, down. We sense that. We hear that even in news stories and things. So it's not a surprise to us either. And Paul says even more specifically what I want you to pray, that I will be clear because I am responsible to be clear with God's message. I need intercessory prayer on this. he knows that he's dependent upon God in order to be able to share the gospel and to be clear in his witness and gospel proclamation. And so he's requesting prayer that he would be able to have full clarity in his testimony of the mystery of Christ. Isn't that a prayer that we all need? That's not just Paul, folks. We pray, Lord, if you're giving me this opportunity, let me be clear. Let me say... And it may be, it may not be that you are able to share the full gospel. Don't be intimidated by that at the beginning. It may be you're just getting to know someone and starting a conversation and praying, Lord, help me to be clear when the time is right about what I believe and who I am and be clear and give me wisdom in how I speak to others that I will use My time that I have, witnessing to others to the best, um, that I'll make the most of that. And we all need clarity. Folks, I can promise you as well that as as your pastor and as one of your leaders, um, the prayer to constantly be clear in communication is, is one that I covet. Because one that uh, communicates as much as I have opportunity to do. I'm aware that there are many times I may not communicate effectively um, and I need to be clear on things. Um, And certainly that is the case when I'm presenting God's Word. That's the one thing I want to be fully clear on is that and that's, that's what my full goal is in this is to be clear in His Word and certainly with the Gospel. That is a... That, that is my responsibility that God's laid on me. That's what Paul's saying here. This is how I ought to speak. I have a responsibility. But that's impossible without God's help. I can't stand up here and do this without God working through me and helping me to make this clear. And we need to pray for those that God has charged to do this, that they will accomplish that. We need help. We can't make it without prayer. Pray for us. Um, for a clear gospel witness, I may have told this story before. I don't remember, but you know, as a when I was on a youth director at that same church that I mentioned, Calvary Baptist Church, Winter Garden, Florida, under Pastor Limp, I had the opportunity to um, to be youth director for a couple years and a school teacher. And so I had an opportunity every Wednesday and Sunday mornings and Sunday school to speak to the teens. And uh, there was one instance, early on in my ministry, I was still very nervous. I wasn't comfortable. remember I hadn't gone, I haven't been to Bible uh, training, um, seminary, whatever, in undergrad. Um, I was learning on the job, so to speak. And so um, my speaking techniques and my clarity always wasn't in full display (laughs) or in a negative way. And I remember I, I was told later by Uh, one of our teen's parents. She said, I have a story for you, Brock. She said, when you first started, you preached, and she even remembered the specific passage, I think, or whatever. And she said, and you got through, and I took my son home, and we were driving home, and he said, Mom, he turned to me, and she said, yes, son. And he said, can I ask you a question? Sure. What in the world was Pastor Brock talking about tonight? (laughs) I'm like... Why would you tell me that? She said, because I've seen the Lord help you to be clearer and you've gotten better and I want it to be an encouragement to you that now, a couple years into this, that God has enabled you and and has given you more clarity and we're thankful for that. Well, they were praying for that and God did that work in my life. But it's also humbling to hear those things as well. We need to pray For all of us and for our leadership to use our time and testimony to be clear. Two more verses. We also need to continue walking in wisdom. Verses 5 and 6. And using our time wisely with unbelievers. And this is another important theme. Paul continues. Paul talks many times about walking in wisdom, right? This isn't a um, new theme to us, but he's going to make a different application here. He says, verse 5, walk in wisdom. What is that walk that is talking about? Again, the daily outplaying of all of our actions that should be in sync, if I could put it that way, with the wisdom of God by being submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit. When we're submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit and He's showing us the truths of God's Word, he will show us how to apply, how to have God's wisdom in our lives, that if, um, if we're submitted the way that we should be, in theory, every step that we take in our walk will be the right one. Now, unfortunately, that's not the case because uh, we take our eyes off Christ and we um, rebel against the Spirit's call sometimes. But we can walk in this wisdom and make right choices. And this is especially important, Paul's pointing out here, is because there's people outside the church, unbelievers, who are watching us, and they're wondering what we're all about. And we're on constant display, and so we need, they need to see us Um, In walking in this wisdom that God gives us through a relationship with Christ in everything that we do. We need to be aware that people are watching us. When you have young children, um, you're aware many times, or we should be, that they are watching every move that you make and you have to be careful. We need to be that way in our society as well, as God has called us in our jobs and our workplaces and things to have that same awareness, making the best use of our time. What better way could you use your time than to be submitted to the Spirit and making right choices in every aspect of your life because you're walking in wisdom? there's no better way to use your time that's the way that our time ought to be used in whatever we do paul makes that clear time is a fleeting thing and the older you get you realize man there's not there's not much there's not a lot of this left it is fleeting i've only got a few moments really for god to use me in this way and so we want to be sure and ask god to help us to be a testimony to those believers who still need to trust Christ that's a responsibility for all of us and that's what Paul reminds us here as well and then finally verse 6 use your time wisely with your speech with unbelievers but with your speech as well and another simple basic way that we use our time in our lives is in speech and communication We have a lot of opportunities to talk to other people, communicate with other people, other believers, but certainly many, many people that are unsaved and out in the world today. And we need to make sure that we are speaking in a way that's controlled by the grace of Jesus Christ. It's really what gracious means. In other words, our speech and communication should reflect the kindness and grace that we receive from God. And not just once or twice a day. Don't be satisfied even with once a week. But in everything that we say, we should have that well-seasonedness with our speech. Well-seasoned with gracefulness, with graciousness, excuse me, with God's grace. You ever had or um, You purchased an entree at a restaurant and it sounded really good and then you received it and um, everything that it described it really it it may have described a special coating with herbs and and different things like that and then you actually taste it and all you can taste is salt it's just too salty oh it's such a disappointment and sometimes maybe you have um, a desire to send it back or whatever because um over-salted is not the same thing as well-seasoned. I think we're all clear on that. Well, folks, there are many times where, to use maybe a more modern term, our speech tends to be more salty than well-seasoned. And we need to ask the Lord to help us to be careful in everything that we say, your pastor included, that yes, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, Right, But that's different from what uh, the word that the world uses about being salty. That means being um, um, cantankerous or always uh, being cynical or having something sarcastic to say. That's not the type of saltiness that we want to be characterized in our speech, but we want to be well-seasoned with God's grace. And the more we learn how to correctly season our speech with grace, then the more we can succeed in having the right words for every conversation. And that's important within the church. That's one thing I pray as a pastor. And there are some times where I have to come back and ask for forgiveness or whatever. I wasn't clear. Or my speech should have been a little different. Again, I've told you I've had to do that with my family before. I've realized that wasn't seasoned as well as it should have. It wasn't as gracious. It did not represent Christ. But as we are doing that, of course we need to have that toward those outside the church. Folks, be a little extra careful as you're frustrated in a grocery store or whatever and you want to complain to the manager and you want them to know such and such and this and that. Be careful. Are you going to be an example in what you say of this speech seasoned with graciousness? When you get the wrong thing, I mentioned earlier, getting getting something or an entree at a restaurant, you paid good money for it and it's not what you expected. And you want to let somebody know. Are you going to also be careful? Is, is it more important for them to know that your food was messed up or is it more important for them to see the grace of God in your life? And Whatever. When we get irritated and angry with situations in the world out there, we can, if we're not careful, be terrible examples of the grace and the love of Christ. Um, We shouldn't be that way with our families. They shouldn't be so, um, I can't think of the word I want to use here, but we shouldn't be so comfortable with the people that we love the most that we're never gracious or we're rarely gracious and kind. We shouldn't do that with people in the church. We shouldn't do that with people in the community. I really appreciate this emphasis in two endeavors that our boys have been in recently. As you know, um, Arden has been uh, with this speech uh, group, the speech competition groups. No, um, I say NCFCA, and they had a competition this last weekend, and they're still kind of, let Leslie and Arden are recovering uh, from that. But I finally got the opportunity. He, has, he is in this uh, dual debate team competition, and he and his friend George will debate an issue, with um, another two guys or or sometimes grills involved too Um, and they'll take it'll take over an hour a lot of times and I finally this week Friday got to see him do that and it was fascinating to me Um, it was how about how uh, America the the United States should not be funding um, weapons and, and different aspects of things in Nigeria right and now you may that may not sound very exciting to you, but these these individuals, these young men, and Arden and his um, debate partner argued this so well. I was like, "Wow, this is that's interesting." Yeah, you go, you tell them, and they made some very pointed um, um, positions clear on some things, and it was really interesting. But there were there were at points where it felt a little um, not contentious, but you could tell there was a little bit of frustration as one side gave a point that the other side hadn't thought about. and They're like, oh, what are we going to do and all this? And it was so great at the end to watch these guys then turn around and get together after the judge had left the room and they were talking with each other, both sides after, uh, you know, a pretty spirited debate on some things. And they were just like they were old friends. Like, hey, you did great on this, and yeah, we had this, and, and so on. And there was a graciousness even after this debate that this group, this uh, community um, organization promotes. Be gracious. If you're going to have a organization that's teaching young people how to speak, then they ought to be able to. <laughs> one of the main things if you're a Christian organization is to be gracious in that, and I saw that. Um, in a secular sense, Luke has been involved in this robotics thing. He's back there. Um, where uh, you have different groups that compete together in the the state of New Hampshire and literally around the country as well sometimes. And this is a secular organization, but one of their primary things um, that they emphasize is gracious professionalism, even gracious competitiveness. That their number one thing, and you you see this and they're constantly emphasizing that even though you guys want to win and you're putting all your energy into making these things, you still need to be gracious with um, those around you. And in the workplace, they want young people to learn that they can do their best and be intent, and yet they can still learn to be gracious with each other. Folks, if the world can understand that, Christians need to understand that and live that out. And we need to ask God to help us not to fail in those things. Well, remember the overall emphasis that Paul has here on the superiority, the preeminence of Christ. And the more we remember that, folks, then we can depend on him and ask him to help us in these basic things. Lord, give me wisdom in my communication. Lord, help me to remember that there are so many more things to pray for than I normally have on my prayer list. Help me to be diligent in prayer. I can do these things because Jesus is the all-powerful creator and he is the one that can give me power to do these things. And I can also pray for others that Jesus will do his power and the power of the Holy Spirit will do these things in their lives as well. They're things we know, but they're things we neglect. And we should go out today being reminded these are things that we must do well in. For that is the best use of our time. Lord, in our prayer life, in our testimony with outsiders, and even in our communication, our speech, we need your help. Lord, I think if we're honest, we probably look at our lives and say we may fail every day in these things. And yet, Paul has reminded us today how important this this is, that we must not neglect these things and just forget about them. The devastating consequences, Lord, we understand, of even one um, belligerent or angry conversation Um, that is watched by unbelievers in the world can be a terrible testimony that might even, except for your grace, keep people from Christ. Our dependence on prayer when we are so often um, in the mode of doing things ourselves and working things out on our own, to be submissive and dependent upon you in prayer is so vital. Help us to do these things. Give us the grace to have speech that's seasoned with grace and have devoted prayer together. We need your help and we ask for that. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.